0: The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc.
1: It's good to be with you again this morning, and I, I hope that uh, you're finding this month to be a blessing. Um, if you have been able to be with us during our Bible class time, uh, the, each of the last two weeks, we've had different people from our, our congregation who have shared with us about their Uh, experience and different things about work that they have been involved with. And I I hope that as you see these different people among us who have served in so many different ways and so many different places, that that will inspire you, encourage you, motivate you uh, to be a a bigger part, whatever part you are, but to to grow in that and to, to serve and to share and to engage in mission in whatever way God has called you to do so. I would also remind you that back here in the corner um, as you walk in there are some boards over there with maps on them. and We would like for you to pin that map uh, In places that you have served long-term or short-term domestically or abroad So that we can get a, a feel and to see where people have served and on the last Sunday We'll share with you some of that detail um, as to where people in this body have served in this month I've gotten to know about a lot more people that I didn't realize have served in different places, and it has been really encouraging and exciting to me to see and to learn the different places that our, our body has served. And real quickly, I would like to, to do something, and I would like to ask a few groups to stand just for a second so you can kind of see among us uh, who we have. And the first group I want to stand just for a second are those of you who are missionary kids. Grew up at some point on the mission field, and I know there's quite a few in here. Some are not standing. So we've got, see, we've got quite a few here. Look like at you there. About 10 people, and I know of about that many more that aren't necessarily with us, but that's exciting to know that these are, are people who, who grew up in a, a place that was not the home of their parents, um, and so they have a different experience, a different perspective, outlook on life, and those are people who would be very interesting for you to engage and to hear from about what it was like to grow up in a place that was not where your parents were from, and then come back to America, a place where you also don't quite fit in because um, it's not the culture that you grew up in. Uh, the next group I would like to stand are those who have served in some capacity, domestic or international, in a, for a year or longer. Anywhere in the world, whether that be in the U.S., served in some kind of a, a capacity with the church or a non-profit, Christian nonprofit, profit or, or abroad. pretty significant number isn't it and as you look at that that's that's probably more than many of us realized of course we've got these couples up here as well uh, that have served in a, a longer way and then those of us who served in any uh, any time less than a year um, if you would stand in any capacity whether that be in the U.S. or abroad domestic foreign nonprofit, and I guarantee you that most that are sitting could also stand in this capacity We thank you. We're we're thankful that you participate in mission and in service in God's kingdom. Uh, This morning, we wanted to bring a little bit of what we've been doing in the class time to this environment to let you hear from some who have lived abroad and served abroad in longer-term capacities. And, of course, uh, you know these families well, the Gomez and the Shreks, uh, Brazil and um, Rwanda, as well as other places Uh, prior to that, but um, we're going to just share, let them share a little bit about some of their experiences and some of their time abroad. Also, I would encourage you, please take that list that's in your handout this morning, put that on your refrigerator, be praying for these people who are part of our body. They just happen to be in another location in the world, Uh, people who need our prayers uh, day in and day out. Um, As we get started, I just want to, I think I want to begin with um, uh, Chris and, and Francine. Um, and sharing a little bit with us about reflecting on someone or something that encouraged you in your youth or your teens or college years to to be involved, to get involved in ministry, in missions. What was it they said? What was it they did? Or what was that experience uh, that you had that kind of drove you in that direction? And I ask this question because I think it's important to every one of us in this room that we think about Ourselves and how we might be an encouragement to others in their potential service in whatever way that might be.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a interesting question. And uh, actually, think about that. Uh, I realized that I was really privileged to have a few people that really took interest in me, and not only uh, encouraged me to uh, like serve, but actually some of what those people did made me still be a Christian today like going through life and be still a believer and one of uh, this uh, one of these people my mo- my mother like my mother is a strong christian a uh, person that really believes in prayers and uh, uh, because of her I developed some habits like she would force me to pray for example and I know that in in a time where we are hesitant to force our kids to to do certain things uh, myself included I she forced me to pray, and she not only forced me to pray, but she, she forced me to pray on my knees. And uh, growing up, and she disregarded all my attempts to convince her that was unnecessary. And <laughs> and she would say, "How can you go before God not being on your knees?" So things like that that um, really, I think, helped me to have a, uh, a strong foundation. I did have a neighbor as well that. For some reason, took interest on in me, and I'm talking about first grade, second grade, and he would um, study the Bible with me for hours, and treat me as an adult. Um, of course, I would understand like maybe five percent of all his studies. but he really spent two, three hours on a Saturday studying the Bible with me, and that really helped me growing up to develop habits that would, uh, as a teenager, young and a young adult, and adult, to um, have, have a strong foundation So,
2: um, I didn't stand up because I'm on the stage but um, I'm the child of missionaries and so I was more born on the mission field and so I was around missionaries my entire life um, when we moved back from Brazil when I was six years old um, I was around uh, mission trips and you know I was just growing up in the church You you just kind of do those things in the youth group. And um, I kind of had kind of a chip on my shoulder um, about that was not gonna be my path. Um, When I would tell people that I was born in Brazil, people would say, oh, are you gonna be a missionary? And I'd say, no, that's not gonna be for me. Um, And if those of you who knew me as a teenager, that kind of (laughs) tracks, right? (laughs) But um, when I got to ACU, um i was all around i was always around um let's start talking um my family was very involved my parents trained um teams all the time we always had uh, groups in our house um doing training and um and brian was one of them um and uh when i got to acu one time kelsey Herndon, herndon was there recruiting and being polite, I went to talk to him, not knowing that he was going to end up recruiting me to go on a prog- project. And I went back to Brazil to a different part of the country, but not where I was, where I had uh, grown up, but a different part of the country. And um, a friend of mine had he had spoken in her class, and she was really excited, and she told me, "You need to go on this project with me." because um, you need to go back to where, you were, where you're from, um, get, reconnect with the language, and, um, and so I did, and then that turned into, um, after I graduated from ACU, I returned to Natal, the same place where I had gone on the project, um, as an intern for Let's Start Talking, and that turned into 10 years of being a full-time missionary, and so um, when I said that was never my path, um, we know that that is not how God works.
1: Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Brett and Kelly, if you could just share a little bit of maybe a story that, of something that encu- encouraged or inspired or motivated you towards a uh, mission and service. Okay.
3: Yeah, I think...
0: It
1: um, is on. may have to use that one.
3: Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, as I think back to our path to being full-time missionaries in Rwanda, I grew up um, with my parents going on um, Eastern European campaigns and um, spending the summers, because they're OC professors, and most of my summers for many years um, on short-term missions, but working with long-term missionaries that were stationed there. And um, I, I think for me, I just saw the impact that that had on individual people. There's still... Um, I think of Augie, who is someone Kelly and I are still friends with um, through social media and interact with that we met on those early campaigns when I was a teenager. And so I think those relationships and the the way we saw life change uh, had a big impact. And then I would just say for, for Kelly and I, um, I remember um, when we were engaged, we were out on a date one night having dinner and we, we kind of got into a discussion about living abroad and mission work and serving. And um, we kind of just said, you know, well, we're both open to that, and if we're both open to that, that probably means it's going to happen because we don't know how many couples that both of them would be willing to pursue that. So, I think for me, that was also a a way that it encouraged me that um, because Kelly and I both had a heart for that, that that God could use us in that way.
4: Um, I would yeah agree with Brett. That was a big um, time point for me when I realized that would be in our future. But before that, um, I was blessed to get to go to Vienna studies, and we did some, a form of let's start talking there, teaching English with the Bible. And so after I did that year at OC, then the next summer I went on the Eastern European campaign, and both of those had a big impact on me.
1: So I'd like to hear from each one of you. um, One thing we consistently have heard from from each person who has shared this last two weeks is about how mission has impacted their faith journey and their faith walk and choices they make and in things you do but for each of you can you share or reflect on a story from your experiences um, that has inspired or encouraged you maybe motivated you in your faith walk something that is has changed your faith because of involvement in mission or service
0: Um, well I grew up in church, so I've seen many things, and I've seen, like, from missionaries struggling uh, every month for not being sure that the church was able to make, pay their salaries, which is is not a good um, situation, but it's interesting to see, at least where I see this experience. Um, uh, There is one story that um, stands out in, in our church. We had a we had an American missionary full-time there, and there was this guy that was a reader, LSC reader, and he was actually reading with my father-in-law at the time. And as the LSC program was approaching the end, um, the missionary, the full-time missionary, started inviting him to have a regular Bible study. And this guy, the reader, he made a living by selling popcorn on the streets, uh, so he would push that card whole day selling popcorn and he would refuse to accept the invitation to study the bible because uh, he would say i can't afford to stop one hour during the day because that will have an impact on my income so the missionary kept insisting and it got to a point that the missionary actually offered uh, a one hour salary so that they could have a bible study which i mean when i heard that for the first time um, I, it goes against some principles, maybe. You know, it's an unorthodox way to evangelize, maybe. But uh, this strategy, let's call it the way, produced fruits. So all my disagreements became irrelevant in face of the fruits that it produced. Because that person, he was baptized, but he did not stay in church for long. But he, through him, his partner came to church. And his partner brought his family and kids and wife. And his kids grew up in church. And that had a huge impact in in that family. And uh, I know very well the neighborhood that they lived in. And I know that outside the church, the options were not very good. So that was a a good example for me of a missionary thinking outside the box, uh, doing something that might sound unorthodox. But... Uh, it was a good discernment for that specific situation, it worked really well. So um, that was very interesting to see that.
2: Um, I thought about this question a lot, and I have a lot of stories, but I'll share one of them. Um, When I went to Natal for the first time, I met a young woman named Fernanda. And she was a, a new Christian. She was probably about 16 at the time. Um, she came to that congregation uh, via her sister, who was an LST reader. We keep saying that word, but it's, there's a lot of fruit that Let's Start Talking has produced around the world. Um, her older sister was an LST reader. She brought her younger sister. Her, her, younger, be, her, her younger sister became a Christian as well. Um, and so Fernanda became um, a very important part of the church there and she they had a very unstable family um, and so the church became a place of respite for them and the church became their family it they embraced them they took care of them um, when Fernando was in college she ended up living with me for about two and a half years um, we became like like sisters um, She ended up marrying a wonderful Christian man. They're raising their kids um, in God's word. Um, They are an example to people of all ages of what a Christian marriage looks like. Um, They're much younger than I am, but they are an example to me on what a Christian marriage should look like. Um, And she was actually here um, this summer. They came to visit us, and they were here um, at the Springs. But she has been a very inspirational, um, person for me to think about because the gospel really took hold in her life. And, um, she often says she has no idea where she would be without Jesus and without his, um, his providence and, um, his love. And even when I had my stroke, she was the one who organized, um, 24-hour prayer chains around the world um she just believes so fully in the gospel message and so um she is a great example of what what that can happen what can happen
4: okay i thought about this question a lot too brian it was a good one um kind of what i landed on was uh a thing that was challenging to my faith, but now also a thing that is um, like a marker that I look back to for my faith as part of being involved in missions, is um, just the mystery of God's timing and the blessing of getting to be on a mission field for an extended period of time, how just those little things just... Um, Regular little things you do, like teaching a Sunday school class, the impact of that, we got to see just glimpses of that. Um, Now there are um, former Sunday school students at CCR at Christchurch, Rwanda, that were like maybe Sunday school teacher assistants and now that are teaching. Two in particular, Natasha and Esther, are um, Sunday school teachers now that used to be in my classes when we first moved there. Um, And that just encourages me, but also gives me hope for the future. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Yeah, for me, there's a lot of stories I could tell as well, but I kind of, this actually week was our um, one-year anniversary of returning back to the U.S., so I think my thoughts have reflected a lot on that this week, and um, I just went back to our last Sunday at, at Christ Church, Rwanda, and um, they they did a very powerful blessing and send off for us. Um, it was one of those God moments because I kind of did a blessing for them, and then we used the same blessing for us. And everyone thought it was planned, but it hadn't been. And um, but just looking out over that audience as they sing a blessing over us, and looking in those those lives, and then after was um, shared with Kelly and some of our friends. I. Um, we were still recovering from covid so we hadn't had a big crowds a lot of people came that sunday and people would come up to me who um, had stories that probably only i knew um, as the pastor they had come to me and rwanda's a very much a shame based culture and so people don't share much of personal lives and i just had person after person after person I wouldn't say anything, but just in the way they hugged me and the way they looked at me and the thank you they would say, I knew what they were talking about. And it really, um, for me, just encouraged my faith of 12 years of of sometimes where you wonder, are we making an impact or um, is this all worth it? To just kind of see at the end all those faces of people that um, with tears in their eyes would just
1: hug me and say, thank you. So Francine has a, a unique perspective from all of us and that he, he may be one of the only ones in this room who has been on the receiving end of missionaries who've been sent uh, to be part of your church. And something that I was reflecting on recently was how would that feel to us? What would that look like for us um, to know that we had others coming from, let's say, Brazil or Rwanda who are among us, as missionaries to our community. And the reality is that that's not that far-fetched. The United States is becoming a very post-Christian society, and fewer and fewer people are in churches today and participating in what we are this morning. And the reality is that the United States is not the country sending the most people abroad. It's not the continent sending the most. This is not the continent sending the most. There are more missionaries going out in Africa to other places than there are in the United States going to Africa. Very interesting thing to reflect on and to think on. Um, And so as somebody who has received missionaries, who's had, you know, missionaries come, what is it that we need to be mindful of as those going abroad, those going to serve, um, often going thinking we're going to fix something or we've got a a better way to minister or something like that? can you share a little bit about your perspective there for us?
0: It's a big responsibility for that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say two things, two different things for short-term, short-term missionary, missions and long-term missions. And, and I think that w- the testimonials that I've heard here of people that had a short-term mission experience will uh, ag- agree with that. Because, uh, like, first thing, open mind. Like, uh, I've heard here that people that had that experience, that you go with the thought that you're gonna be a blessing and you end up being blessed more. Um, and, and I think that's, that's real. Uh, so open mind and go with the mentality to enjoy the great experience of going to a place where you might have very little in common with those people. Not the same language, very little in common, but you have this book that you read that's the same um, and you have something that is even deeper than the DNA. That we belong to the same body. And that connection that will last when we are not here anymore, our bodies will not be here anymore. So you can look at someone and, and, and for the first time that you see and call him or her sister or, or a brother in Christ. So this is, is powerful. So, uh, and you get to enjoy that when you go to a short transmission and, and get to worship with people in a different uh, country. For long-term missionaries, I think long-term missionaries are, have a different privilege, right? And, um, and I think that the first thing would be learn the culture to the best of the ability of your ability. And, and, and I understand that there is a limit for that because you can live in a different place for your whole life and not have the full grasp of, of the culture, it's, it's challenging but uh, to the best of, of your ability. And I say that thinking about my own country. My country, for because of historical events that we don't have time to talk about right now. My, actually, my father-in-law wrote a, his PhD dissertation about that, how different religions went to that country to fight for the heart of the Brazilians. So, but the thing is, it's not uncommon to see like missionaries dealing with uh, this challenge and even local preachers that you go there and you talk to people and people are usually very, very friendly and you're gonna oh it's easy people really accept my, my message and, and they are really friendly we, we are really friendly for the most part but, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you gotta see that you can talk to someone in the morning and see someone going to a worship service in the morning going to a different religion in the afternoon in a, even a different religion at night, and there is no conflict of interest. Um, so it can be frustrating for a missionary, right? So because, well, that person was baptized yesterday. How can that be possible? But you can kind of trace that There is a, a culture that the syncretism is really strong, still very strong. So if you um, understand the culture a little bit, the frustration will be less. So it's actually a good thing for a missionary because... It's going to help the missionary not to be frustrated with certain things. And uh, the second thing would be, I sometimes I get concerned about um, the social work, and I think that a missionary um, has to understand that he's not going to be able to solve social problems and political problems because they are very difficult. Um, but... And I, I do understand it. That does not mean that the missionary cannot do social work. It's not that. But I think that the social work that uh, can be done is the goal is to remove obstacles that may be preventing people from going to God. Um, and I say that because, I, you know, you spend 10 years in Africa, for example, and you can leave that village and say, well, unfortunately, that village it still doesn't have portable water. An example. But well, what I'm going to say now, by some lies is a cliche, but because it's a cliche, it doesn't mean that's wrong or untrue. But uh, that village may not have portable water. But if you were able to offer the living water, the water that if they accept, they would never be thirsty again, that's the job. The job is done. So... Um, so the main work is to open their hearts for the life of the spirits because of God's spirit.
1: That's great. Um, this, this next question, these last two are pretty quick here. Um, Brett, I'm just going to ask you this one is, why would you encourage others to participate in a mission opportunity? What, what is it that you think is important about that, that, that people should get involved and participate in mission?
3: You know, for me, I think... Um, it, it's, it is the Great Commission. It is our, our, our greatest um, responsibility to spread the gospel and to spread the love of Jesus. But um, I think even a step beyond that, to me, part of why it is our greatest responsibility is for the other person, but also for ourselves. If we don't, if we don't live through um, what, what God is doing... Um, we don't, I think like, we have trouble fully experiencing his love and the power of the gospel if we are not able to go into settings where we're sharing that with others. And so I think it's just a central part of our faith and the fabric of, of our faith is that we find those opportunities, um, whether it be locally or, or abroad, but to, to be immersed in the lives of others where, where our goal is to share the gospel
1: with them. And then Chris and and Kelly, if you don't mind, um, what we've been talking about being better together, and I know that uh, in the experiences I've had that the women that I've served with have been a lot better at at this part of mission than those of us guys who just kind of go and do it, you know, whatever we think we're supposed to do. But that's something that that, uh, the ladies I've served with have been much more mindful of. Can you share maybe what you think would help us as a body as individuals to to be better together
2: um i would say um first of all ask the missionaries um like you're referencing sometimes people have a great idea and they plan a trip and you have not asked the actual missionary is that something that would be helpful to you and so ask the missionaries what do you need is it helpful for us to just give you money about a, for a certain project. Is there something, would you like a visit from somebody? Would you like, um, is there a certain type of mission trip that we can do so that we can actually help the work that you're doing and not being a hindrance um, on the field? Um, another thing is give because um, the Springs is very blessed to have resources to, distribute it distribute money and so if you're able to give um on the last sunday of this month um we are able to funnel the money to the right places um go go on a trip and see what we're talking about um and then pray pray for all of the people that we've been talking about all the people that you have not heard about but that god god knows god knows every single person and knows exactly what they need and so pray for them and so that your heart can be connected to that work um because god is the one who's doing the job it's not it's not any of us and it's not any anybody who boards an airplane um god's the one who is doing the work and we get to be a part of it
4: i would agree with everything that chris said especially the prayers, Um, I I know that they have had sustained us and impacted us, and I would add, I don't know if every, everyone's probably different, but for us, especially during the holidays, we needed extra lifting up, so maybe just think about your missionaries during the holidays, and I've been so grateful for the way we've been received here, and people genuinely just asking us uh, to hear about the work, or how we're doing, and that's a great way to support missionaries.
1: Appreciate you all sharing. And uh, there's so much more that these, these guys and others could share with you. And I encourage you to take opportunity to speak with them individually, to invite them to your homes, to others who, who stood and you saw that have served in different ways. You know, a lot of times it's difficult coming, having come back from abroad to know what to share and how to share it. And some of the experiences that we have are quite uh, different and unique from those that might take place in an environment that we live here in America and I I may have shared this with you um, last year I don't don't recall but you know the Holy Spirit is involved in mission and the Holy Spirit might be prompting you right now and might be tugging you towards service and I'm not saying necessarily abroad or and I'm not necessarily saying tomorrow or, or next week but the Holy Spirit might be tugging on your heart Talk to those of us who've served in, in different ways and, and just listen and, and glean from others who have served in, in long-term capacity. You know, there, this this particular story uh, it just came to mind as I was sitting here and, and thinking about how the Spirit does work. We had been through a very, very difficult time in our, our ministry, and we had invited some some key leaders in our community, including that individual I shared with you last week, to come and to pray with us at our site. And we decided, make this story really short, uh, that we needed to pray for that property again, that same property that he had prayed for for 14 years. And we prayed around that property, and we went to every corner of that property and planted a stake with Scripture and anointed that corner with oil and called God to be in that land and in that ministry. This was in the middle of dry season. As dry as a bone, hadn't rained in months. And as we got to that last corner, that last pillar, and prayed over that land and called God to be a part of our ministry and a part of that, service, a part of that work and the lives of those who walked into that campus, it began to rain. I didn't think a whole lot about it until the gentleman who was praying with us left and he got to the bottom of the hill and he called us back and he said, Brian, do you, do you realize what's happening? And I said, yeah, it's raining. And he said, yeah, it's raining, but it's only raining on that hill over the campus and the church where you're standing. God, <clears throat> God may be working on you. You may not have seen or experienced something like that. I, that was a new kind of thing for me. But speak to these people who've served in different ways. Let them share their stories and let God work in your life. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why scripture exclaims, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news.